Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey there, Daniel Fava here, and if you don't know me, I'm the host of the Private Practice Elevation podcast, where I share online marketing strategies and interviews to help private practice owners attract more clients and scale their businesses. The Private Practice Elevation podcast is part of the SiteCraft network of podcasts, and I'm super excited to be part of this network alongside Aaron and Nathan and the great work they're doing. If you haven't discovered the Private Practice Elevation podcast yet, you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join me as we explore topics like building an effective website for your private practice, search engine optimization, content marketing, and copywriting, as well as my conversations with experienced private practice owners about scaling a practice, outsourcing, team leadership, and all the things that are going to help you elevate your business and create the life you love. Be sure to check us out at privatepracticeelevation.com for resources and content to help you in your online marketing journey. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. We are here on this lovely snowing day and we're recording here in Oregon in March <laughs> actually. And this is not Alaska by the way. <laughs> no. You might be deceived if you were to see it outside. But we are excited to be here and talk about a, a very helpful topic. Actually, I've mentioned it to a couple of people in the past week or so since the idea came up. And I think it's going to be really helpful. Everyone that I've talked to has said that it's one of those subjects that's really kind of overlooked. I think everybody sort of just deals with it, which is actually kind of a lot of what our topics are. Like people just deal with it and we're like, why? Why do you have to deal with it? Let's talk about it on our podcast. Let's expose that thing. So we're going to be talking about transferring to a new therapist. So this would be for people, I guess it's for clients who are going to therapy and maybe for whatever reason, good or bad, you know, maybe it's a normal thing. I've got a friend who is closing her practice, taking another job. Shout out to Heather. What up? Um, <laughs> she is closing her practice. And so her clients need somewhere else to go to a new therapist. There's no nothing bad that's happened, you know, in the relationship. They just need to continue whatever they're doing with someone else. And maybe there's another situation out there where they've gotten what they need from their current therapist and they need something else or something different. We've talked about that on our podcast before. That's a thing. So what do you do? How do you make that handoff well? And what do you need to know transferring to a new therapist? What can you do with your current therapist to prepare yourself for this transition? And then, of course, on the other side, you've got if you're a therapist, what are some things that you need to know? Because I feel like, and I'm just going to let you guys know, I feel like a lot of therapists don't really know, or they don't really think about this a whole lot. They just focus on, you know, basically closing out their current client and making sure that they end that, that relationship well. Probably a little bit of transition, make sure that they've got some referrals to this new person, but maybe it's not as much handoff or as much uh, connection, uh, smooth transition between those two things as possible. So 
we're going to kind of unpack that a bit. And to be honest, we have not scripted this. We haven't really even talked about it. But these are the things that we do uh, on a daily basis. So we're like, let's just open a bag and see what we packed. <laughs> what do you mean we don't script it? We don't write out our every single conversation ahead of time. We, yeah, we haven't like <laughs> made an what outline. You say now. <laughs> wait, Aaron, Nathan, you laughed too early. That you had to wait a little bit. Okay, next. <laughs> that was honestly accidentally perfect. <laughs> anyway, I think the the thing you brought up there at the end, um, there is. I think, just to be clear, and I'm sure you agree with this, that referrals are normal, right? There is a difference, though, between uh, making the decision as a therapist of when you're kind of just, it's just whatever the thing is, is not your thing. So um, getting in, for example, with a, uh, the easiest one, I think, the easiest one to see is with working with couples when you're a therapist. Because it oftentimes can get to the point with a couple that you realize like, okay, there's some other mental health stuff going on here. And then the, part of that decision is, can you do a one-off? Can you like... Like meet with one person individually? Yeah, like maybe one or two times and just like fix it, so to speak. <laughs> like express it. I picture like probably expressing as it. That's evil. Now you don't <laughs> think about it. But like just and move back in, move back into the couples. But there's sometimes when you realize as a therapist like, okay, this is not going to work. Um, there's too much going on. So you end up essentially getting out of the couple dynamic entirely. And so that process, which we can talk more about, I'm not sure which direction you want to go first. Um, or in with the individual like person that's in there, the client, like the individual client, that one's a little bit more, I think it's honestly a bit more difficult for the therapist because to kind of realize like, the difference between referring for a specific situation and referring because you, especially for younger therapists, it, there can be this element of like, oh, I'm I'm not very good at this. Maybe somebody else should do it because there's already we've talked about it before, like imposter syndrome and that kind of thing. Or maybe somebody just as you've been working with your client, you've discovered that maybe it's more complex than you realized or. There are just more issues going on that you're not, this isn't your specialty and somebody else that's got more expertise or experience might be better suited to work with them. And honestly, the the hairy one, the, the one that's like, uh, it's just hard to deal with if you're, if you're in that situation, the complexity is the personality disorders. You get into that and you realize, oh my goodness, I do not work with this. I don't even kind of work with this. And with personality disorders, it's often true that it's 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 unlikely statistically that things are going to, quote unquote, get fixed. And then on the other side, it's hard to tell somebody, you know, that conversation like, oh, we can't work together because you're a narcissist. No, I mean, you actually have the personality disorder, not kind of. And you're not just self-absorbed. You have a personality disorder. <laughs> so these are is, I'm glad you, you said this, because this is kind of getting into like, how do you prepare those people? for moving to the next person like again whether it's mm -hmm. you're going to smoothly transition uh and continue your work or in this case we're talking about you've got some issues and some needs that i can't provide services for right it's i'm not the right fit for you so in that case you would be well suited i think to call out whatever those things are put some like labels on those things. And I don't mean you're just labeling stuff like you've got this disorder, you've got that disorder, you've got this other disorder and these other disorders as well. <laughs> you are so messed <laughs> up. Right. You need a specialist, which is probably doesn't even exist. <laughs> right. Good luck, Google. <laughs> That's not what I mean. It's more like 
put a put put a word to what's whatever it is that you've been diagnosing and treating so that the other person, the client, knows exactly what it is that we've been working on. Sometimes you don't have that conversation, like maybe you do in the very beginning and then you just kind of continue on with your treatment and maybe you don't really know the specific nature of it. But when you need to package it up and then bring it to a new therapist and then basically give them a summary report, so to speak, of what you've been working on in your previous therapist uh, office, then you need to have some like words and language around like, okay, this is what my diagnosis was, or these, these are the issues I've been working on. This is a rough outline of my treatment plan. And this is where I'm at in my progress. That kind of stuff as a therapist is great to be able to give to your client so that they know and they can kind of write down or if you want to write a summary statement or whatever, develop something together so that you're on the same page about here's what we've been doing. Here's where you're at in it. And here's what you need from this next therapist so that you can pick up where you left off in my office. So let's do a common one, maybe like each one of us give an idea of how we would handle it. The common one on the therapist side, I feel like is um, bipolar and borderline. So on paper, um, so to speak, on the intake process coming in, it's not necessarily that easy to discern. I mean, obviously, you have to meet the person to understand what's going on. And on paper, the irregularity of somebody's actions and what they're reporting could be related to mood, um, not necessarily the psychology of personality. So you can think that this person might have bipolar. And then as you get to know them better, you realize it's not about mood dysregulation. It's more like, okay, this is a personality dysregulation. But you can be pretty far down the road sometimes. And I've, I've, I've had to deal with this question, you know. and and typically the way it ends unfortunately is the borderline person does keeps kind of ramping up into behavior and the therapist realizes that they're borderline when that's kind of beyond like where it should like have now been. that it's too late it's like oh <laughs> now that it's hit me in the face like a two by four oh it's a two by four okay. <laughs> right, right. i hate wood <laughs> right. anyway so um stop it I was thinking uh, in relationship to this, uh, probably what I would do, it's been a long time since I've actually had to deal with that. And that's probably just fortune. It's not, has nothing to do with like screening in that way. Cause this, uh, this is a sneak past the goalie one is I would speak more in general term, you know, like in, you know, in therapy, one of the things we do at diagnostics is we have these things called rule outs. And what those are is kind of just speculation, right? So I'm talking to the client right now and I'm saying, um, where we have been conceptualizing you as we've been working is in this that is with bipolar. You've talked about that. We've talked about that. And what I'm recognizing now is that we probably need to work towards ruling out what's called borderline personality disorder. And the problem with that for me as a therapist, not for you, is that um, that's not really my specialty. I'm not sure how well I can discern that. So um, what I what I need to do at this point is we need to work to referring you to someone who works with this on a more regular basis. And so what questions do you have of me? Right. And so because then I'm trying to keep this global. We're not making the person a problem. We're inviting them into um, a, this whole process, basically make helping them to be a part of the switch, the, the change of what's going on in therapy. Uh, the other piece, too, that you end up having to navigate when you put those questions over, in my mind, is what the the relationship. Well, did I do something wrong? 
like, you know, those kind of questions that the person might ask, you know, like, what do you mean? What's the problem? You know, and, and unfortunately, some of these disorders come with it that the person could dysregulate and they could be completely mad at you as a therapist for even saying this, like, I can't believe, and you're just like everyone else and that kind of thing. Um, and so because of that, you would want to bring this in probably in the first 20 minutes of the session. So you have plenty of time to be able to, to navigate this. And also before you bring it up, reversing, you know, as you look at your caseload, you need to have reached out like in the sense of at least search for kind of who out there in your community probably is more likely to be able to work with this situation. So you're not, so that's kind of your due diligence. I'm not sure if you would add or change anything to. No, no. I, I want to move into um, what do you actually say to the client so that, so that they can package this up and take this to their therapist? Because I think a lot of people, what I'm hearing is they'll go to a new therapist and they'll the therapist will say like, OK, so you've worked with this other person. Like, where are you at? Who are you? And or, or the person is like, I don't want to start over. You know, I don't want to tell my whole story. And actually, this was really good. A couple of people that I talked with. Um, their therapist told them, don't start over. Don't tell them you need to start over. We've already gone over that. Mm -hmm. You don't need to tell your entire story. Maybe you can give them these highlights, right? You can tell the therapist, these are the things that are impactful. Like my dad was an alcoholic and then my mom, you know, took us in the middle of the night and we ran away when I was 11 or whatever. And that has resulted in these kind of symptoms or these dynamics with me. Maybe it's affecting me in these ways, or I have these kinds of relationships because of that. And I'm working on codependency or expressing my needs or whatever. It's like, great, that's a good story, um, like a summary of your issues without going into so tell me your name. And what was your your relationship with each one of your parents? You're like, oh, we've already been over this, right? <laughs> it's like you can summarize all that stuff. And you can give this to your client so that they're prepared to say and to know when they go into that therapist's office, I don't want to waste my time. I just want to pick up where I left off. And that therapist can hopefully, if you're listening to this, um, you can take that and say, oh, OK, I'm going to skip over some of this background stuff because this other therapist prepared you well. They also listened to the Shrink Think podcast. <laughs> and so we're on the same page. That's obvious. So the other thing, though, that you in light of that, that you can trust as a client. So if you're you're listening to this going, thinking like, yeah, but there's a lot of detail there. There was a lot of work there. Not naturally, us as therapists, if we, when you give us that summary, we may say something like, you know, several sessions down the road, you've transferred, you're over. Hey, you mentioned that before that your dad was an alcoholic. Can you tell me more about that? So because if it's something that's coming up and the therapist needs to know, um, they will ask because it'll be one of those things in our minds as we're just thinking about how to help you. It comes up of like, oh, they did this. But the same way, actually, we might remember an intake in the situation of where we've never, um, where you haven't done any work. And we've just wanted to ask that question. It's, we realize, oh, this could apply. So we'll ask more about it. You don't have to worry that like, oh, no, well, it's not going to be enough. It's, it's, I'm, it's never going to be the way I need it to be. It will be. So maybe one of the first things that you can do with your therapist is start by answering, asking and answering the questions. Okay, client, what is it that you want or you need your next therapist to know about you? And then maybe you can ask the same thing of the therapist. Um, what does the therapist think that this new therapist needs to know from professional to professional? 
right? What so you each have your own sort of lists of things that you need to say, and then you can talk those through. How do we package that well so that you as a client, if you're listening, you can say those things concisely in a way that's going to make sense to the therapist's ear. So you can have that conversation and talk with the therapist about it and maybe kind of revise it a little bit or edit it down so that it's sort of consumable. It's true to you as a client and your story, but it's also consumable for the therapist to hear in a way that's going to make sense to them and be useful to you. But then also, like, what are some of the things that the therapist can uh, say to the new therapist? Like, hey, you need to be aware of this. Like when this thing happens, um, this person is going to need this kind of care. That's what they respond well to, for example. Right. One of the things that I would love to hear as the therapist that's receiving you back, like after you've done whatever work, would be I want to have the, the answer to the question, what was the most crucial part of your change process that really made sense to you? Because that tells me how you process. It tells me what it is that was important to you as far as what was on your mind. And it also means that now I kind of have more of a direction in my mind of what you're passionate about, what you hope to have with me, and where you're, what, where you're hoping to go. Because I can ask questions like, how was that important to you? How are you expecting that exact same thing now, like as we move forward? Maybe there's a, you're in a different space. Maybe you necessarily won't. But how do you imagine that would happen? Or even like what made that possible? Like if right, that was right. the thing, what did you guys do together to make that possible that led up to it? Or even kind of as you're saying that, I'm thinking like, what are some of the dynamics mm -hmm. between you and the therapist that made that possible? Or what were some of the dynamics between you and the therapist that were really valuable and impactful to you that maybe I need to pick up and pay attention to between us? And it doesn't mean that I need to be that other mm -hmm. therapist at all. That's not what we're saying. It's more of like, well, you know, I would say this and then my therapist would always like stay on me instead of like letting me kind of meander into whatever the therapist would like stay on me and challenge me. Like, I see that you're kind of wandering a little bit. Can you stay focused on this, this feeling? And that was really helpful because I didn't want to go there, but I knew I needed to. And so that, that's the kind of dynamic that maybe mm -hmm. you're needing from your new therapist. Anybody can do that if they know that that's the, the relationship dynamic. Right. The other, the other piece of that that just needs to be honored is sometimes you just have a click with the other therapist. Just, it's just a personality click. And you recognize that was pretty a huge part of the transformation you've already gone through. That's okay. I mean, it, and, it, and it helps the therapist that you're sitting with know like, okay, well, Probably the relationship's going to be a big deal. You take this relationship seriously, and whatever happens next is going to be different. So, so that part's important, and that's okay. Um, it's really interesting because, like, I can I can think of somebody like Nathan and I are similar in certain ways, but we are also very different in a lot of ways. Very different, I think, in our styles. Um, and I can think of someone. Uh, that has worked with me and then has worked is working with you. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, and I know that she gets a lot out of her therapy with you. And I'm pretty sure she got a lot of out of her therapy with me. I'm hoping that was the <laughs> case that she she didn't leave from me to you because it's like, well, that's that's enough of that. Um, I I think I'm a good therapist, so I think I did what I needed to do for that time period. And even though she went to you and you're a totally different person, different style, different personality, she can still benefit. And she has still been benefiting for the time that she's been working with you, even though it's different. 
you know, people will bring out different sides of you or they'll impact you different. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's not going to be effective. Yeah, one of the, I thought you were going to go a different direction because there's the other person I have in mind um, interviewed both of us, went to a couple sessions, and that person's still with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, she was like, Nathan, not going to do that one. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. What was <laughs> interesting to me about that, though, was like, you know, normally you actually don't hear anything. Like, so people, there's some people out there, some clients that will go to different people and then they, like, you just don't, they're just gone. They don't, you know, you check in to see like, hey, did you want to get on or whatever the schedule? And they don't, um, they just don't write you back. They ghost you. In this situation, it was like, I get to find out exactly what, <laughs> like, and it was honestly, a, it's just a, a focus and a personality difference. That's right. Had nothing else to do with anything. And I was like, oh yeah, well, we are different. And that is the way that we are different. So it just was very specific and it was interesting. So if you're the new therapist and you are receiving this client, I think it's really important for you to know that this person has um, done some work with their therapist and hopefully that therapist has prepared them well to transition to you. I mean, I do get people like, um, oh, yeah, my therapist is retiring. I need a new a new person to work with. Can this be you? Like when I'm receiving a new client in that situation, I'm making some assumptions that they've done some good work with that previous therapist. They have some awareness of their issues. They can communicate those to me. And so I don't necessarily need to start from the beginning. So I guess that's partly what I'm saying is if you're a therapist that's receiving a new client, don't think that you need to start from ground zero from like, let's go back all because that's what you do with every new person is you're like, OK, let me get your whole history, your whole story. Let me run through. all. No, 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 no. Like I'm continuing where I was at. So I need to be able to skip over all that. And in fact, it's going to be a huge waste of my time, a turnoff. It's going to be like a relationship uh, stress if I have to sit through all of this as a client, because I already know all this. Right. So if you're a, th a therapist receiving that person, let yourself skip past that and pick up, try to pick up where they left off as best you can. Yeah. And it's and remember, remind yourself, it's OK. Like a lot of times the main thing that that happens, the main transition that happens is the person didn't have a good fit with the therapist where they're coming from. And so the that part of it, oftentimes as therapists will think about all the stuff we have to fix or repair from from the other situation, like we're somehow a better therapist or whatever. Like, of course, you found me. I'm awesome. You know, well, and then the next person is going to have to repair with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what Nathan's been doing with this lady. You're like, oh, I spent no. two years working with Aaron and I'm really traumatized. It is like, I know, I know. We're working okay. it out. It's, it's going to take it's a while really to recover. Fine. Yeah. So uh, just I just wanted to honor that. Um, so in conclusion, what you want to do is get prepared in the sense of knowing what it is that you're going to say in the next situation. So if your therapist, for example, wasn't thinking about that up front, maybe, maybe it's kind of more of a, a thing that you're realizing needs to happen and you've brought it up, just let them know. Like these are, I would love to process what it's like to transition and develop an actual plan of something to give the next therapist. That therapist should, the therapist you're talking with, you're transitioning from, should kind of intuitively know what it is that need that you need to bring with you and they should not be offended and I'm I don't like to shit on people but like that's shouldn't happen it it actually when I get those kinds of things I it feels like the client is like super prepared 
they're like very prepared to do this work. Like I'm here and I want to do these things. Can you help me? And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Like you're ready to go. You must have listened to the Shrink Thing podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And just keep in mind as a therapist that this is all, as you already know, kind of a normal part, but for the younger folks out there in ther- as therapists, you know, there's a difference between referral and transition. And just looking every time that you think that you do need to refer, like, do they need to transition? Like, how significant is it? And how am I going to prepare to do that? Because it is different. And so if you can be honest with yourself, both, you know, therapist and client, be able to receive the information and just know that this is just about health. This is not about any one person. It's about the goals of the client coming to fruition in the best and fastest way possible. And the less stigmatizingly way possible so with that have a great day thanks for listening to our show don't forget to head over to apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode you can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>